Jesus is coming. Let's pray together. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, speak to our hearts, challenge us once again, oh God, to move from where we are today to that place that you would have us be in you, as you conform us more and more to the image of Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. When our daughter Samantha was little, she and I used to spend hours together watching that great theological program called Sesame Street. And one of the characters from Sesame Street that shook fear in the hearts of others was Bad Bart. Whenever they would say his name on Sesame Street, all the other Muppets would start to shake. Bad Bart, he was a character out in the Wild Wild West, and he would have his silver guns on his holster, and he would be coming to the saloons, you know, where they'd have the, the bar, the uh, horses tied up outside, and the other Muppets they'd have on their cowboy hats and everything else. But Bad Bart was known for his accuracy with a gun, and he was just a bad, mean dude. Well, a group of the puppets one day were inside the saloon, and they were having a good time with each other, and then another puppet came and opened those little double doors that they always had, and he said, Bad Bart is coming in on the new train, and he says when he gets here, he's going to give somebody what they deserve. And when the other puppets heard that, they all started shaking. And so then they started watching the clock, and finally, the clock struck noon. And some of the people, they ran and they hid under the table. Some of the Muppets hid behind the counter. Some of them stood up against the wall. And you knew Bad Bart was about to enter because all of a sudden the music changed in the background. And Bad Bart walked in and he looked over the people in the room and he spotted one guy and he said, Hey, you! Come over here! And the Muppets, and Bad Bart said, weren't you in here two weeks ago when I came in here? You remember when I tripped and I hit your table and I spilled your drink and then landed on my favorite shirt? Bad Bart stepped back and he said, partner, I'm going to give you what you deserve. And he reached down past his gun into his pocket and he pulled out some coins and he said, this ought to pay you for your drink. Sorry, I couldn't get it to you sooner. <laughs> and he said, I told you I was going to give somebody what they deserve. And he walked back out of the saloon. My friends, I want you to know, there are some to the coming of the Messiah, to the birth of the Savior. 
There was Joseph. There were the shepherds that came. And a little bit later, there were the wise men from the east who brought some gifts. But for the vast majority of the world, Jesus' first coming was a non-event. People were going on without their prisoners as though nothing significant had happened. If you had checked the Bethlehem Times, he would not have been in the newspaper that next day. There was nobody coming to interview his parents to ask them, what does it feel like to be the parent of the Son of God? The innkeeper, the only reason he came back to talk to them was to find out, are you guys checking out or are you going to pay me for staying here another day? Now, sure, that night, some of the shepherds went and told people that they had seen angels in the sky. And if the angels had told them that a Savior was born and that they were to go to see him and that they had gone to see them. But, you know, I think if those people were like most of us, we really wouldn't have been interested in going to some smelly bar to see a little baby. We want to know... Well, what did the angels look like? How big was they? How, what, was they wearing clothes? Uh, how tall were they? How many of them were there? We would have been more interested in the angel than we would have been in Jesus. And then when Jesus grew up and was at the top of his ministry in terms of popularity with his preaching and doing miracles, he kept telling his disciples, now look, fellas, when we get to Jerusalem, they're going to take me, they're going to crucify me, but on the third day, I will rise from the dead. And you know what? It happened exactly as Jesus told them. On the third day, he said he would rise, and he did. Now, the other thing that Jesus told the disciples that was going to happen, he said, one day, I'm coming back, and the whole world is going to see me, and I'm coming to judge the nation. The first time Jesus comes in a babe in a manger to be able to forgive our sins, to die for our sins. The second time he comes, he's coming back as a warrior and as a judge to take care of our sins. Now, when Jesus told the disciples he would be rising in three days, how many of you know they were totally unprepared for it to happen? They genuinely did not believe Jesus was going to rise from the dead. After the resurrection, Mary and the other ladies, they come to the disciples and they tell them, we've seen him for ourselves. Jesus is risen from the dead. What did they say? Y'all don't lost y'all's mind. It wasn't until Jesus showed up with them when they had locked themselves inside of a room and Jesus said, here's my hand, here's my side, that they finally said, oh yeah, it really is Jesus. You know what this tells me? I mean, you know, we are radically different from the people in Jesus' day. This tells me that in all earnestness, most of us here today do not believe that Jesus could come back at any 
became irrelevant to society. People just went on about their business, their lives. Sure, they could see all the sin that was going on around them, but they were feeling like, hey, everybody is entitled to follow the desires of their heart. Who was never to say that his God was any better than any of their gods? It's no friend, no preach. One last sermon. And people ridiculed him as an old school preacher that was out of touch with reality. They had moved beyond all that nonsense about God judging people. After all, God gave them the desires in the first place. Noah's final message probably better than Noah. Look, y'all got seven days left. Now the scriptures tell us before Noah, it never rained. It said, every day, a mist came up from the earth and watered the earth. So can you imagine Noah preaching, it's going to rain! It's going to rain! What is that fool talking about? What is rain? It's coming down from the skies. Man, I lost his mind. Well, Noah went with him and the animals into the ark. And the scripture says, and the Lord shut the door. Inside were the animals, Noah and his wife, his three sons and their wives. Eight people in all. Why so few? Because nobody wanted to be identified with this narrow-minded religion. Everybody wants to be free to believe what they wanted to believe. Now, can you imagine after that door was shut and the next morning, for the first time, the clouds were black. And for the first time, some water fell. Somebody got excited. Praise God, we can take a shower for the first time. But this water, it started small, but it kept coming into ritual rain for 40 days, 40 nights. You know, I called my mom sometime in Georgia and said, well, what's the weather like down here? She's always so bright and shiny. Sun is out. What's it like in Cleveland? It's gray, it's dark, and it looks like it's gonna rain. I wouldn't have had to ask her that question. Mom, it's raining here. What you doing there, Joy? It's raining here, too. It was raining everywhere. But most of the water didn't fall down. The scripture said the Lord opened up the ground so that there were great sprouts of water coming up from below. And this thing lasted and lasted and lasted and lasted. We were watching a film in Life Connect class, and they were showing how water. 
church to not believe in the second coming. Even if we voted throughout Christendom, Jesus cannot come back. Guess what? He's still coming. And the reason Jesus tells us about his second coming is that he wants us to be ready for it. Those of us who do not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we ought to be terrified at the second coming. Because when he's come, he's coming with judgment to judge and to conquer the nations and the people in it. You're not going to have time when Jesus come back all of a sudden and decide, I think I'll get right with God now. No, when he comes, you've already made your decision where you're going to spend eternity. Now, for those of us who know Christ, we should look eagerly forward to his return. Because for us, it means something good is about to happen. We should be ready to be with joy. Our little granddaughter, she does a happy dance when she gets excited about something. If I'm holding her in my arms and she doesn't know her grandmother is at home, but she hears her voice, the first thing she does is start shaking me like this, saying, put me down. So she gets down and she runs to where she hears her grandmother's voice. And when she sees her, she does not run to her. She stops in her track and does this happy dance. And then after the happy dance, she goes for it. We should be willing to do a happy dance for Jesus. We're not going to be ready to do a happy dance. Is if Jesus comes and we get disobedient at the time. Then all of a sudden we ain't so glad that he showed up. Disobedience is bigger than going out and committing sin. Disobedience is also not doing what we know we're supposed to be doing. As God has clearly revealed it. You know, when you're a child and your parents tell you to wash the dishes and clean the house and do it before they get back, if they get back and we haven't done it, they do not get excited because we say, well, at least there ain't no more dirty dishes than there was when you left. They do not get excited with us saying, I really was intending on getting to those dishes. Matter of fact, I was planning on washing dishes for the next three weeks. They do not get excited because they say, you know, I was thinking about those dishes, but I decided to sit down and just write a letter on how wonderful y'all are. They don't get excited about any of that. So why do we think God gets excited when we use those same excuses with him? We as Christians, we have this unspiritual notion of sending our spirits places. When God told us to take our bodies there, we send our spirits to Bible study. When Bible study is over, we have to send your spirit on back to you. How come y'all have to send your spirit to the Browns game? You have to send your spirit to the dance. Y'all ain't managed to take your body with you. 
and some of us are. He says, there will be two men walking down, uh, walking in a field, working in a field. One is taken, one is left. Two women sitting there grinding flour. One is taken, one is left. What makes the difference? One is ready, one is not. Jesus tells us to watch out. He says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. Jesus isn't telling us to go outside and look up at the sky. I don't see nothing different today. I guess he ain't coming today. No, he's talking about look at your lives. Watch your lives. Have we told the Lord, Lord, I, I really want to get closer to you. I really want to get closer to you. And God says, I'm glad. Let's deal with this area of your life. Lord, I want to get closer, but I want to deal with that later. You remember I'm telling the Lord, you know, Lord, if I just made more money, I'd finally be able to tithe. You making more money than you ever made before, and you still say to the Lord, if I ever made more, then I would tithe. Thank you. 
with the blood of Jesus. We're being tested to see what we did after we got saved. Some of us are going to lose out on rewards because we got saved and all of that. That's all we did. We just got saved. We became secret Christians. Nobody knew we was Christian. God was even wondering. Some of us are going to lose out because we did the right things for the wrong reason. We wanted to brag. We wanted other people to praise us. We thought it might get somebody else in trouble. God may have used our efforts, but God is not going to commend us or reward us for these things. On Judgment Day, Scripture says, fire is going to test all our works to see what value they might have. If they have a value, you get a reward. It says some of our works are nothing more than wood, hay, straw, or stuff. What happens when you put fire in the wood, hay, straw, or snow? It burns right up. What happens if you have some works that are gold, silver, and precious stones, and you put them in the fire? They just get hot. They're still there. Now, the sad thing is that some of us are going to have the exact same works, but for one of us, that work is going to be gold. But for another one of us, that work is going to be straw. There are some of you who made it to church this morning. Your body was hurt like nobody's business. You very good get out of that bed, but you said, Lord, I'm making it to church because I want to be in the house of God and I want to praise with God's people. And for you, it's a sacrifice for you to be here. Some of the others of you are in church because I had to. And that's me. We got four more minutes to preach.
kind of job do you want in this city? Well, it's going to depend on what you come out of the judgment seat of Christ for with. Now, according to Jesus, if we are doing good works, but we are not living in obedience to him, all of that is in vain. We don't even make it to the judgment seat of Christ. We stop at the great white throne judgment. Jesus is pretty clear when it comes to what it means to love. It's this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments as found in the word of God. Jesus knows the good plans that he has for us in this life and in the life to come. But he also knows that most of us are going to be distracted by the things around us in this world. And we're going to be tempted to go after those things instead of going after him. You see, Jesus could have come back a long time ago. And the only reason he didn't is because he loves us. Because the moment he comes back, that's the end of hope for all humanity that are alive and don't know him. Scripture says, God is patient because it's not God's will for any of us to perish. We are the deciding factor. Because the same Jesus that told us he'd be put on a cross, he'd rise in three days, is the same one who said, I'm coming back on an ordinary looking day. Catch some of you off guard. There are only a few people who actually followed the star of Bethlehem that came over to Bethlehem. But everybody can look up in the sky and see it. But only the wise men follow it to Jesus. It's going to be quite different the second time around. Jesus says, He is coming on the clouds of heaven with power and glory, and all the people of all the nations will see Him. There is no doubt that He will be the King of kings the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. His one desire for each of us is that when he comes, we will be ready to go. My friends, if Jesus came in the next 15 minutes, is there anything in your life that will keep from being ready. If there is, let's talk to God about it right now in a moment of silence.
We pray for the body of Christ that we will be ready. We pray that we would take our assignment seriously to reach others that they too can become ready for your return. Lord, we confess that it's so easy to get distracted with the things of the world around us. And you know all the weaknesses that each and every one of us has. And we're asking your mercy, O God, that you would give us your grace, give us your strength to say no to our desires and yes to the call of God upon our lives. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, show them how much you love them and that you've got a plan, a hope, and a future for their lives. There's one here today that's drifted away from you. Help them to understand your arms are open wide in love. Yes, and that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And for that one, oh God, that just needs a little encouragement. Let them know you haven't forgotten God and that you're still calling them to yourself. Thank you, God.